Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And yes, it is very hot in uh, in Arizona. Not Floridian hot, though. I actually almost passed out in July in Florida once because it's crazy, man. It's humidity. It's, yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's unbelievable. It's it's crazy. I know. Almost causes a euphoria. Oh, another segue. Boom. You're good at this. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, let's go ahead and rock and roll. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. Usually on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. For you out there who don't know, he's my six-year-old son, who is usually our assistant engineer. He is he is disposed somewhere, but if he comes down and he gives us a boom or a hello, then that'll be fantastic. Uh, today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have a Nomadic, and I'm so glad that I read that little sentence because... James, I was actually looking up Roman numerals to see like what sort of code you were trying <laughs> to tell me. And then I was reading the blurb and it said nomadic. And I was like, oh, thank you for that. So keeping you on your toes, man. <laughs> that's right. Quite literally, nomads were always on their toes. Uh, hey, so we've got a new album called Euphoria. And that was released on July 10th. So right now I'm being joined by James. And James, we're going to chat about everything that's been going on at nomadic. So. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you on. Now, I'm just going to release a little bit more confusion because it causes tension in my brain and my doctor says I can't have any more tension in my brain. <laughs> okay. um, but on my on the thing across my desk, I have that you are the whole band. But then when I go to the website, I see people. So I'm confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I, I've got... Uh, I think this, the, the best way to say it, the quickest way to say it is that Nomadic is and always will be a collective. Um, and the two of those guys, the guitar player and the drummer, um, we kind of um, brought this band to existence together uh, back in like 2016, conceptualized in 2015. We kind of went through the ropes together, but... Um, Everybody goes through different phases, and the guitarist is moving to Colorado. Uh, but he wasn't even the main guitar player on the record. Our producer did a lot of the recording of the guitars. I did a lot of uh, like writing the guitars. This has always been a collaborative effort uh, with kind of me spearheading it. Uh, so the really only like official, I guess, if you could call it that, person is me. Uh, but those guys are just as much a part of it as, you know, our producer and our graphic designer and anybody who will be writing moving forward. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the easy, but still confusing and maybe giving, giving you more tension answer. You know what? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I've only known you for so long, but I'm, I still know nothing about you. Oh, so that's number four, that's number four. You're counting, James. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're making a joke with your friends and you suddenly realize you're going to die. <laughs> Actually, you know what, man? I, I, I just got really busy. I don't know if I could do this call anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a dad. It happens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that kind of brings me to my next question. I'm pretty sure you've answered this one enough times that you have a, a great answer for it, is such long song titles. Yes. So, I mean, I guess take us through through that. I mean, I guess, the, you know, the cool metal thing or rock thing to do is like, I'm so deep. I've got one word for my whole song. And you do have those. You have Euphoria, you have Legacy. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's it. I I don't know how to say the one with the slashes. Just just slash slash. <laughs> uh, I either refer to it as uh, the Gamby song uh, colloquially to like friends uh, who know who Gamby is, which is the featured artist, or I'll just call it the untitled track because uh, it's meant to be nothing, right? Uh, but as far as long song titles go, um, there's two answers. One is more abstract and one is more straight to the point. The abstract answer is that uh, I put out we put out an EP called Horror back in uh, 2016, re-released into 2017. And Horror definitely tried to sound a certain way. We wanted to be theatrical death metal that sounded like horror movies and had this like black metal influence. And we were really dark and brooding. And we sung about horror movies. And we're like, yeah. And then Reach was supposed to be like metalcore and have breakdowns, and but still have our death metal influence. Where Euphoria, I was like, man, I just want to put out exactly what I want to put out, uh, regardless of whether the songs sound like each other or, or what. I just want to put this thing out. I have this concept in my head. Um, obviously, it's going to be metal because that's the band's background. So that being said, I didn't want to follow any like naming conventions either or art conventions. Like if you look at the albums or sorry, the band's merchandise for this album, our name isn't anywhere on the merchandise. I just wanted it to be the symbol and I wanted the symbol to be the front of the album cover. I wanted the names to be exactly what I wanted them to be. I didn't want to think about anybody else. And honestly, the fact that it's done so well, like the billboard charts and the responses that we've been getting, that's just luck, man. I did exactly what I wanted to do and people happen to dig it as well. Uh, <laughs> but where I got the idea from, uh, there's a band called Cloud Kicker, which is like a uh, solo kind of, he used to be like a genty guy. Uh, he has an EP called Subsume, and it's completely instrumental. But the song titles are very, very, very long. I'll give you, right now I'm going to look one up and tell you. All right. The warmth of daytime seemed like a dream now. That's one of the song titles. The other one is, he would be riding on the subway or writing formulas on the blackboard or having a meal or, as now, sitting and talking to someone across the table, and it would envelope him like a soundless tsunami. What a hippie. <laughs> right? So that's a song title for an instrumental track. But what it does is, is it sets you up for the feeling you're supposed to have going into the song. And I thought that was brilliant. I was like, man, I love it. I completely stole the idea from him. There you go. That's the to the point answer. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, it does do that because one of the things that I was trying to gather from these really long song titles is what is James trying to say on this record? I know that you had mentioned that uh, was just you wanted to just put out what you wanted to put out, um, but I guess lyrically then is there something that ties these songs together like a theme not necessarily a concept but a theme yeah uh and i would even go as far to say euphoria is a concept album uh the concept is given to you just like in your face hey this is what the album's about in songs one which is euphoria and song 10 which is blue jay uh tracks two through nine are kind of the um the adventure, I guess, like how how we got to uh, really two through eight is kind of saying this is how we got to nine. And song nine is kind of like the giving up song saying, 
all right, all of these horrible things, I, I think all these horrible things like unrequited love, uh, death anxiety, um, uh, health anxiety, body dysmorphia, feeling like a failure, feeling like I don't know myself, I'm just going to give up uh, I, on, on life, on feeling. I'm just going to get out of here. And then Blue Jay, the last song, it's just saying, hey, you could just exist and experience nothing. But because you're experiencing these feelings, life is euphoric. Because it's deeper than just existing. And that's literally the second to last line of the album is because it's deeper than just existing. Um, and that's kind of the concept of the album. And honestly, I, I had a revelation on another podcast that I did a couple months ago where I said, you know, honestly, this was just a selfish justification for me feeling like shit all the time. <laughs> you know, I had to tell myself that there was some grand reason for feeling these things that I experience. And that's kind of it. <laughs> well, that, that is pretty selfish if you think about it. I mean, there's got to be a reason why I, out of all of the beings in the universe right now, are feeling a particular way. <laughs> yeah, but what's weird about it, man, is I put out these tracks about me and my feelings or whatever, and I'm getting messages, uh, especially when around when the album and the singles were coming out. T you know, tons and tons of messages of people saying, "Thank you so much for this track. Oh my god, like this is exactly what I'm going through right now." Um, and especially like our song "Dysmorphia" uh, was ringing true to a lot of people in the trans community. And I am not trans and have never been trans, and I can't uh, pretend to understand what it's like, to, you know, the, what the trans experience is like. So I never would have uh, written a song about that. But a lot of people in that community were connecting with that song and saying what it means to them. And I'm like, wow, uh, this is awesome. You know, uh, I can't answer any, any questions that you have about that, but let me ask you, why does it mean something to you? And it's just cool that this thing that I did to kind of, um, like, again, justify my own feelings uh, ended up meaning something to other people. So, um, checkmate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> checkmate. Well, that was going to be my next question. Actually, I've got two questions from what it was that uh, you had uh, dived into there. And one of them was coming off of uh, when you said, well, okay, well, tell me what that's like. I was going to say, okay, uh, maybe a humbling experience, but what was that like for you, you know, to, to have uh, people from the transgender community coming to you and saying, you know, hey, this is this. I'm identifying with what it is that you've you've uh, brought forth here. And then, did you just shut up and listen? And what did you find out? Yeah, I I I shut up and listen. You know, I I just it, it was definitely like a educational experience. You know, like um, I think that there are things that you um. A lot of people, like especially in the music community, they say like, um, "I don't understand it, but I support it," you know. And that was me before, and now I can. I came out of a lot of these conversations saying, "I support it, and I understand it." Um, and I, I guess I kind of learned that, like, my experience with this um, uh, body image thing is kind of exactly what they experience, except it's not like a, a weight issue, which is what it was for me. Um, but it's 
uh, obviously a, a gender issue. Um, but they were kind of saying a lot of the same things I was saying to myself, but just with a different like subject, I guess. Um, and different obviously emphasis. I'm not exactly, yeah, different emphasis. And I'm not exactly, um, oppressed for being slightly overweight, uh, where, uh, trans people are, you know, um, ridiculed and insulted and, um, denied rights and sometimes even, um, killed. <laughs> so, you know, that was obviously an eye opener. Um, also kind of made me feel like, oh, I don't have it so bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's that. Yeah, I'm trying to find a, a picture of you in a music video. I don't I don't think I see anybody overweight, but um, except for that guy in the Blue Jays shirt, that guy can go to <laughs> that guy can go to hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Well, hey, <laughs> but funnily enough, he wore that Blue Jays shirt, and we have a song called Blue Jay. So I, I know he's probably wearing that when he recorded that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's uh, not to say that it is, it, being transgender is, is, a, is a bad thing. That's obviously something that these people uh, want. But some a topic that has come up on the show is somebody wrote a song about no matter how rock bottom you think you've hit, there's somebody else who sees you as a guiding light. Yes. And I thought that that was applicable uh, to to what it was that you were you were saying. Yeah, and, definitely. And something else that you had mentioned is, you know, p- people just in general were resonating and saying, you know, this is what I'm going through right now. And something that you had mentioned was the last three months have felt like one long bad dream. And every day I'm hoping I'm going to wake up. Uh, I resonate with that just in a coronavirus sense, but you released this in July. So I imagine this didn't have any bearing to coronavirus just yet. Am I correct? Yeah, that was just good timing, man. Honestly, um, just coincidence. Okay. Had, yeah, uh, the song, um, I don't know if, if this is what you're going to ask next, but the song was written, uh, the, the instrumentals were written in 2017, uh, and the title is from literally from a tweet that I put out that was exactly the same as the title, uh, and it was about a diagnosis that I had just received. Um, I got diagnosed with a brain illness in uh, February 2017, and at the time... It was um, really, really an awful experience. I I wasn't used to having a chronic illness, um, and there would be cycling symptoms or new symptoms almost every day, um, and it was kind of a nightmare. Uh, And me kind of like being right about my own health anxieties caused new health anxieties. So I wrote that song about that. and it's actually, funnily enough, the lyrics in that song are pretty damn literal, but it's a, another example of you can take them however you want to, depending on what you're going through. But um, the first line, one of the first lines is, I'm becoming unstitched, what parts of me will be left? That's about me thinking that I was about to go and have uh, brain surgery on the back of my neck. Uh, and the... Um, the like symbol, the you know the uh, I don't know what you would call it. I guess like the symbol for the disease that I have is like a zipper and unzipping, unstitching. You know, and that was a very literal lyric, but um, a lot of people are you know taking it how they want to, uh, which is cool. But um, yeah, I ended up putting it out three months into the coronavirus pandemic, and 
people were like again connecting with it and it has really nothing to do with what the song was actually about um but hey it's not my place to say right yeah i suppose so i was gonna make another uh quip but since you've already threatened to leave the interview i'm not no, going to I, I i i've i've gotten over it i needed another one you need another one well yeah i don't have enough dad attention in my life i'm just kidding <laughs> sorry <laughs> well i guess that makes two of us and uh well uh oh no it's just a couple of dead oaks under the bridge uh but jesus (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of legacies hey yeah that's two in a row (laughs) two in a row baby two in a row yeah the dead oaks one i was like i don't know if i could squeeze that in there and i just did right off the cuff and then the legacy one i'd already had cocked locked and loaded so i'm loving this this is the best interview so far so let's go (laughs) (laughs) Only because of the quips. Only because of the quips and your sense of humor. (laughs) Only. Oh, well, thank you. I'll tell my wife that I have a sense of humor, and we'll go from there. Oh, man. You hear that, honey? James says I have a sense of humor. And then she'll be like, well, then why don't you and James go start a fan club? I'm like, all right, fan club for what? But uh, (laughs) groovy. Okay, well, I think I get the gist of it. And something you kind of mentioned there, Lucy, was almost like health anxieties with inside of health anxieties, like a dream within a dream, like you, trying to quash other anxieties led to other anxieties. And this is starting to sound, uh, lately I've been reading a lot of philosophy about uh, the Western world versus the Eastern world, essentially, you know, and, and getting into Buddhism versus other uh, elements of trying to heal the psyche. And it almost sounds like something I'd read recently where uh, a lot of times, especially in the West, when we try to squash things in our psyche we end up creating other ailments is that something that sounds reasonable yeah that does and that also sounds interesting what yeah. did you like what else i mean tell me more tell, tell you more oh no the spotlight's on me uh <laughs> well i guess the question is of that what in particular did you want to hear more of? Uh, one of the things uh that now now that a flash of insight has come to me uh, was to work through traumatic experiences. A lot of it has to do with traumatic experiences um, and actually go into those traumatic experiences and seek healing from the traumatic experience to then come to a point of recognition where kind of like in a um, indigenous rite of passage, some sort of traumatic experience happens, whatever that is, uh, but then there's a welcoming back to the village where we can acknowledge that as a group, this person has now changed for the better and they're now taking on something new, whereas a lot of traumatic experiences don't have that rite of passage completion. Um, and so what ends up happening is is a lot of therapies will serve to eliminate that trauma from the memory. It's not happening anymore. We're not there anymore. So either reframe it so that it's different because it's your memory that you're holding on to so you can choose to do whatever you want with it. Or mm-hmm. Just erase it because it's your memory. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, whereas uh, reading some some newer research on, well, why don't we actually create some kind of a rite of passage uh, so that the psyche can actually heal because the psyche needs that rite of passage completion moment. Interesting. I don't That's, know if that was what you wanted to hear, but. I like it. I'm enjoying what I'm hearing, so it must have been. Yeah. That's cool, man. Maybe you can send me some things to read on the chat after this. Mm-hmm. I sure can. 
Dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll send you a lot of stuff because my wife had postpartum depression with our first child. And she went to a therapist and gave her a bunch of books. And at the time, like six years ago, I was like, who needs any of that stuff? And but mm-hmm. she kept the books on the shelf and I would just walk by them and they would like, John, you know, you want to read me. And I don't know why they have a British <laughs> accent, but they do. <laughs> Love, guess, great British accent. Thank you. Uh, intelligent people are British. John, you know, you want to read me. Come on now. <laughs> uh, although that was not an intelligent British accent. That was more like a coal definitely, miner's child. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah, say yeah. that as a Brit, too. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. Jonathan, come over here, please. We'll have some tea. Really lovely. <laughs> um, I did chat with one person like that. I was like, oh, they're real. And uh, <laughs> then during the, the lockdown where I was at home for three months, I was just like, man, I'm bored. Let's go read this book about emotions and vulnerability and shame. And I walked away from it, and I was like, honey, I think I need to work on my vulnerability. And she just she crucified me, James. But, uh, well, I got to say, for a guy who wrote uh, an album about feelings, I really don't know anything about um, feelings or emotions or even my own feelings or emotions. And I got to say, for a guy who experiences um, whatever mental illness, you know, anxiety or whatever, I also kind of like refuse to go to therapy. I I acknowledge that I have an issue, but also don't want to face that I have an issue at the same time. Um, I have the health anxieties, but I don't want to go to the doctor. You know, I'm like scared of (laughs) being, you know, it's, it's strange, man. Um, my life would probably be better. Um, but I guess, uh, I'm my own worst enemy at this point. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I'd Maybe. write an album about it instead. Exactly. And read some books in the meantime, and then you can be like, oh, I read a book about that. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, um, before we dive deeper into anything else esoteric and this beautiful euphoria that we've created for ourselves amongst the dead oaks, we'll leave this legacy alone. And uh, that actually concludes all my questions uh, for you, James. So unless there's anything that I missed? Was there anything that you wanted to specifically chat about in the interview that I did not bring up? You didn't work in the second song, the fifth song, or the eighth song into your quips, uh, and I'm a little upset about that. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on. All right. You said the second song. Well, I, wa- I, I could say that without potentially being romantic, but I guess I just got to dive off into the... Uh... I'm so sorry, James. Okay. Good. I was watching a blue jay in my wife's garden, and I okay. realized as it was flying away that, well, I could get lost in you forever if you'd let me. Uh, and how will you work in the untitled track? And yeah. then I real I realized, <laughs> I realized as we were flying off into the sunset that our future was untitled. Wow. Wow. You know, you should really start doing this podcast thing, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been thinking about getting started, but I just don't know how. <laughs> I'm like, man, I think that's I a euphoria song title. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting started, but just don't know how. That is a euphoria song. That's the next yeah. album right there. Yeah, I'll steal that for the next album. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. When people come to you like, John, I'm going to start a podcast. I go, why? I'm like, but you do one, don't you? I'm like, regrettably. I don't know why. <laughs> I'd awesome. do anything else if I could. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, James, I'm going to go ahead and hit stop. But thank you so much for coming on to the Rock and Roll Podcast. Thanks for having me, man.